0: Two-Week Notice Podcast.
1: I have to record the spoken word introduction to the record. Still? Yep. It's only a few lines, but I'm having anxiety about it. Do you know what it is? Yep, it goes, uh... Good, you don't have to write it. Oh yeah, let me hear it. It goes, uh... And the record begins with a song of rebellion that's it and the record begins with a song of rebellion I wouldn't sell my belts to industry so they That belt already
0: Yo, yo, yo! What up, everyone? You are listening to the Two Week Notice Podcast. My name is Dana B. I am your host. Thank you so much for listening.
2: Come on! Come on. Oh,
0: come on. And next to me is the lovely, the wonderful, the beautiful Natalie. Hi, Natalie. How are you?
2: Hi, Dana. I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm good, thanks. Listen, listen. Max Bemis is on the podcast today, right now.
2: That's crazy.
0: Although, as we record this, it is December, what? Fifth, sixth, seventh.
2: Seventh. Listen,
0: Max and I spoke back in August. Like right now, we're in Boston. Or yes, Boston we are. area. Right. At the time, you and I were in St. Petersburg, Florida. So just like some notes from the top, here's the deal. I had been trying to get Max on the show for almost a year at this point. And randomly at one in the morning, one day, One fine August, late evening, early morning, 1 o'clock, I get a text from Max Bemis. At the time, I had just ruptured my eardrum, and I had a fever of like 102, or had just come down from a
2: fever. Yeah, it was 104, actually. It was insane.
0: I was super sick, and my ear was all fucked up. But when Max Bemis texts you at 1 in the morning saying, Hey, dude, I got some time right now if you want to rip, what do you do?
2: You do the damn thing, Dana.
0: You do the damn thing, man. (laughs)
2: Come on, So
0: preface on that. I personally feel it's not my best interview. Not to make excuses, but also I definitely was nerding out. I don't know. It's not my best work, but it's Max Bemis. And I just was so happy to talk to him. Even if zero people listen to this, I still like nerd out. Like we text now. It's like, holy shit, dude, Max Bemis. He's um, been at the top of my list for a very long time. So thank you, Max. This truly, truly meant the world to me. And just what a really sweet, sweet, honest, wonderful human. Human. you know, I, I truly take pride in being just like an honest man to a fault. Would you agree? You know, I would all.
2: absolutely agree,
0: honest to a fault. And Max is the same way, so I don't know. We bonded on that somehow, some way, and we just bonded over music. Um, I'll save the rest for the episode, but just like a preface on that. Couple things before we get to my chat with Max we do have a couple of sponsors. For one, we have
2: www.plugyerholes.com
0: is your one stop shop for body jewelry, okay? Plugs, tunnels, stretch. Gauges and more. All your body jewelry needs.
2: www.plugyourholes.com.
0: And for a 15% discount, this is what you do. You ring in everything you want, click on it, and at the checkout in the discount box, you type in the promo code. What's that code, Natty?
2: TWN Pod.
0: You got it, baby. T W N P-O-D. One word, smush it all together. Okay? That's for a 15% discount. Plug your holes. Also, the two week notice podcast is proudly partnered up with my favorite festival and yours, as always. What festival is that, Natty?
2: Furnace Fest, baby. 2023. Come out. Come on. This
0: is going to be so rad. They're doing the slow rollout again this year. So five bands have already been announced. Here's who we got so far. We have the Callous Dow Boys, <laughs> who we just checked out. Neither of us had ever listened to them. They're rad. They're from Atlanta. Check them out. I can foresee them ripping in the shed. Can't wait. Also, we have Four in Hands, Training for Utopia, The Gorilla Biscuits, Dog. in between the buried in me and it's not even 2023 yet super exciting already to make it a little bit more fun what natalie and i did we each made our own list we each picked five bands that we are predicting that will be playing furnace fest 2023 you can play along at home or help us keep score natalie ladies first who's the five bands you got
2: all right dana i have dillinger escape plan prison sick of it all evergreen terrace august burns red and as honorable mention i have joy manor and thrice what you got dana
0: i like those bands i love those bands i like that list we do have one crossover i also did have some runner-ups or honorable mentions but my five i honestly believe all five of these bands are gonna play next year finch say anything ls dunes no pressure and last but certainly not least my boys from long island incendiary honorable mention hot mulligan joyce manor less than jake and unearth what's furnace fest without unearth
2: for real come out come on that's a good list let's
0: go speaking (laughs) of say anything and max you know i'm gonna put this right out there into the world right i have to you know what i'm about to say
2: i really think you should let him hear it
0: so max and i were texting whatever we were just kind of like shooting the shit casual he said and i quote i will screenshot this and put it in the facebook group he said talk to furnace fest about us tell them to call andrew max is saying that Say Anything wants to play Furnace Fest. To me, that's a no-brainer.
2: I mean, obviously.
0: I bet they would even be willing to do an Is A Real Boy set. Like front to back, I'm willing to bet. Here's the other thing, and this is the reason they were on my prediction list that we just like this little game we played is because they're already confirmed for When We Were Young 23, next mm-hmm. October, and they're already confirmed for Bamboozle 23, as well as Finch. That's why those two are at the top of my list. To me, it seems obvious. Also, they're on how many wish lists? I feel like I see them come up every week from several people.
2: They should be on everyone's, honestly. Come on. Come on.
0: So this is an awesome episode. Before we get to it, one more last but not least thing that But I must plug, my boys, my band, Piebald. We are playing three shows at the end of this month in the Northeast. December 28th, Portsmouth, New Hampshire at the 3S Art Space. December 29th, Boston, Massachusetts with Kaven at the Royale. It's going to be a very special hometown reunion show. There are still tickets for that one. And then December 30th, Brooklyn, New York at Marketplace Hotel. Be there or be square, kid. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Piebald. What else, Natty? What am I missing, baby? Vermont,
2: Dana. Oh, how could I forget?
0: Lastly, for real, for real. Here's the deal. What's today? A week from next week, December 13th. If you happen to be in the Burlington, Vermont area, I am selling merch for Thursday. And what a fucking bill. It's at uh, Higher Ground. The lineup is Thursday, Cursive, and Anthony Green. It's going to be a special show. So if you're in the Burlington, Vermont area and you're coming to that show, come find me at the merch table. Say hello. Buy a fucking Thursday shirt. Absolutely. Come on. All right, Max Bemis, dude, I have so much love in my heart for you. I already did before this talk. This conversation that we had really exceeded all expectations. Um, I feel like I made a new friend. Enjoy. One and only Max Beavis. What's up, dude? Dude, I am the one and only. I don't know (laughs) if
3: that's good or bad, but I am that. That's for sure. No one else is this, you know, what I am.
0: (laughs) Dude, you got to bear with me. So, all right, quick story. I think I fucking ruptured my eardrum two days ago. Oh, no.
3: At a piebald show,
1: most likely?
0: Yeah, with a a cowbell stick. I just fucking, no. Ah, Exactly. (laughs) Or just being like,
1: yeah. (laughs) That that
0: might be the story that I'll have to tell because that's way cooler. But no, dude, honestly, I was out of the shower and I had a Q-tip and I slipped on the floor as a... Oh, that's dude.
3: A nightmare dude, I'm still it's bleeding. Like your mom ruins you, warns you about, and you're like, yeah, right, mom. It feels so good. I'm not gonna
0: worry about getting too deep in there and whatnot. You know, it's like, dude, I was screaming in pain. It was oh, excruciating of course,
3: ear stuff is the worst. It's the worst because then it's like, and it, when it gets cloggy or watery, and you're like, ah, it's like it doesn't even hurt, but it's just, it's so. Uh, vital to existence that when it's not functioning properly or if it hurts and and that is the worst I've heard is is rupturing I think it's something like that has probably happened to me over the years but not as bad because I've had some pretty fucked up like ear infections but nothing like I I would not think that I ruptured it did you go to the hospital and all that
0: no dude dude I'm I'm
3: like that too I would have googled it
0: well that's what I did I like called my mom I'm in Florida I'm from Massachusetts Mm -hmm. and I have mass health which was from like the Obamacare oh thing. So all I have is like the only thing I can do that's covered is the emergency room. But even call doing your that, they like call your mom. Exactly, dude. My ear is still bleeding, and like I was in a quiet room today for the first time. Like uh, oh just me and one other person, and they were talking to me. My left ear was just like just
1: oh
0: it's, that makes I, you want to throw up a little bit so i don't even know if i'm yelling right now like i'm going and st- you're, great. you're great you're doing great i'm all fucking disoriented man i'm not okay right now
1: in terms of <laughs> i'm
3: not like i'm tripping balls bro i don't know if you're there or not i don't know if it's you or caraba right now i'm talking to <laughs>
0: Uh, but anyway, dude, how you doing? Yeah,
3: I'm doing well, man. I um, I am in Nashville, just kind of on a sort of semi-vacation type thing and trying to get my head together. It's been a really fucking weird few years and, and a few weird few months, and it doesn't stop being weird, but maybe that's the rest of my life, in which case I'm just getting used to it. That seems to be the pattern, though, really, is that it's probably just how life is now for everyone, not just me. I mean, I think that's probably everyone right now is feeling weird and like, is this real? real now or is this really what it's like to be alive because there's just like a weird jump there that like i think we got away with it like in the early 2000s you know what i mean like it was weird and like the internet you know was invented but now i'm noticing how weird it is and maybe it's age and maybe it's what i'm exactly going through because it is pretty individualized but i think from what i've heard everyone feels pretty weird you know what i mean everyone seems to be going through that
0: how old are you I'm 38. 38. So you were born to what, like 82, 83? 84. Yeah, 84. yeah. Yeah, I was born in 85. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about everything you just said. You worded it better than I could. But I've been thinking about this. I think it's a combination of getting older and like shedding your skin mm-hmm. in a way. But then add the fucking pandemic. Everything pandemic is Pandemic
3: and then political weirdness, So yes. political weirdness. The internet still evolving to the point where now it's just getting weirder and weirder and weirder and yet normalizing and, you know.
0: I think we're growing. I think that everything you just said hit home for me, but I, I could not articulate it in that way.
3: Because I have kids. I have five kids and they all are smarter than me. Even the youngest one who's a tiny baby and is only recently one years old and like just screams smarter than me. You know, she's she's a lady. So to begin with, she's probably smarter than me. But, you know. I just think that they're all processing, uh, morally especially, like morally, they're able to really wrap their minds around things in a very like open-minded way that I think I was just like doo, 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 when I was a kid, you know, like I had a pretty awesome childhood to be honest from what I can remember of it. Like there were parts that were not awesome, but honestly, like I don't remember them very well. And so like what I do remember was really nice and happy and there was no internet and I didn't know who, like, if Donald Trump were president, I wouldn't even know he was I would like know his name and I'd be like he is bad but that's about it my kids like knew thanks to me to be fair like they they were robbed of that innocence pretty early on where I'm like there's racist people down the street you know what I mean I'm like that that guy hates gay people you know what I mean so like they, they know that this stuff exists and yet I don't see it crushing their their will to to be you know happy kids that just are kids and that's probably my biggest fear is just like wanting them to just also you know I'm not worried about them like learning the ins and outs of life I'm worried about them experiencing some level of fun and innocence that I'm still striving to have you know what I mean like even I am like striving to enjoy the things that like music you know even just striving to have a like a beginner's mind when it comes to music and writing and not be jaded and people I'm not, like, not trust people because I've been traumatized, all that stuff. Like, I'm struggling, so I project onto them, and I'm like, you guys are going to get let down. I don't want you to be, but you're going to... I don't say this, but in my mind, I'm like, "Ah, fuck, they're going to see so much shit. God damn it.
0: You know, like... (laughs) They're supposed to be smarter than us, right? Yeah, that's what we're in this for.
3: I think of, of Piebald, you know, that's, to me, like, one of the things that... Them being so inclusive of their fans was always a thing that I really loved and seeing themselves... As their own fans, and as it's a collective, and I really feel like you know we adopted that to some degree. Where it was, it's almost like an old punk or hardcore philosophy, where it's you know you're you're in this for the next generation. You're you're in a punk band not to de- destroy it so that the next generation has nothing. You're in it to, to to try to do something positive so that there's something to hold on to for the next generation. You know what I mean?
0: I look at Piebald almost in the same way that you look at like a previous generation, Salt of the Earth. You look at band and you like they don't make them like they used to
3: no no not at all but I will say and and I've seen you guys commenting on this a little bit based on the bands that I'm seeing y'all play with they are starting to make them the way they used to you know what I mean but there was a big period where they did not 100% and I want to say that we're not like they used to because because honestly like it's funny like we both have Rama in common but like they had Rama innocent Rama and then I had like jaded Rama but it was only because me and Rama were both and I was only 19 though at that point you know when, when Rama was 19 so were they and no no one was really that jaded I think really smart and cool but not jaded and then you know by the time he met me it was like Rama was at the same level of jaded as me because I grew up in LA so when I met Piebald they were starting to see the industry as it stood and being like fuck this is pretty dark you know and and I came into the industry knowing that and and, and meeting people like Piebald was ref- and Rama was refreshing to me me because as much as they saw themselves as like they were giving up and they were like getting dark and getting like old and like they weren't all they were like 20 in their late 20s you know what I mean like they were like really sweet guys and I'm like you guys are cool like you know half the people that I grew up with are 10 times more jaded than you guys and you lived more than that you've been out there doing your job you know facing criticism facing like the the ins and outs of being like a poor touring band and getting bigger at the same time too like you know it's a weird dichotomy. Economy when you were at their point where we stole so much from Pieball, you know what i mean like 100% and then we happen to be around post my cam or around the same time as my cam it's funny cuz my cam and PyBall, they're around the same age but we're actually younger like and people don't really think about it as much i think for you you get it cuz you're my age so like you get that but like even those dudes like when i hang out with like let's say the get up kids or something they forget sometimes that i'm like straight up like 5 to 10 years younger you know there is a big generation gap there where our band you know like our first record our first tour was touring with dashboard on his his like a stadium tour first never left LA never even did a, a, a date outside of LA we did a lot of local shows we were a big local band but we never left LA then we stopped being a band I made as a real boy and uh Andrew Ellis the booking agent picked us up and like Matt Galley and those people like started liking my band
1: yeah but I have
3: I had stopped playing for like a year before that or two years I went to college dropped out made that record and they're like go back on tour they're like yeah now's your time now you can go be what you wanted to be which was to be like piebald to be like save today but from there we didn't suddenly start touring with like piebald we got put on the biggest on the honda civic tour I'm just saying it's like I looked up to them but without them it is what you're saying without those ideals I wouldn't have been able to brave high school I wouldn't have been able to brave being in say anything where that was our first experience because I could look up up to bands like piebald and saves the day and be like they handled it really well like and just the things that were the, the values inherent in the songs which are very hopeful and yet also transgressive like punk as fuck you know pretty fucking punk you know like lyrics on on we're the only friends especially like um. it's very punk
0: yeah, Travis is the best lyricist, man. Amazing. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. There's just always a song in his head. Like I, I called him out on that once and he's like, Yeah, you know, chances are if I'm not talking, there's a song going on in my head. Yeah. Was like, that's know-. awesome.
3: <laughs> and that's what's great though, is that like the fact that they avoided some of that circus. They were involved in some of the circus, but like the fact that they adopted this role as like the golden I'm not saying they're perfect like like whatever. If you if you like all of my experiences, and I'm not joking, Have been positive warm and friendly to the point where most people are not like that most people are not that nice most people are not that giving i will say like i'm sure in their own minds they're like the worst person of all time because like we're all neurotic you know what i mean like i'm sure travis at times is like god i suck but to me that was like a revelation just like be a nice person but be very doubtful and be very like neurotic and it's cool and it's punk and like the fact that they they just have gotten to live that and they gave it some time and they came back and they're like wait it's what happened with with me with Say Anything's music where now I listen to it quite happily and I'm like I'm not this but what this is is really beautiful and cool and I'm so glad that it exists not That's just great. for other people but for me like it makes me proud it makes me like feel like I've been service to people in the world and that's as a dad especially you know like that's like you learned that that's the best feeling you know like when you know that you're helping someone else even if it's detrimental to yourself which say anything kind of eventually became which is why i put it aside the fact that it persisted and it is helping people just wake up in the morning like that's the best thing
0: totally man you know and back to like you know i mentioned they don't make them like they used to but at the same time and to your point and and piebald would admit this too and i think you degree, dude. You can tell me, but I think you also need to learn what not to do. There's countless bands that should have been way bigger and could have been way bigger Piebald just by being
3: one of them. 100%. Yeah, really? 100%. But, but should they have? Because if not, it's kind of like Bad Religion could have been the next Green Day, you know what I mean? Or or the next Blink, but they're way cooler being Bad Religion in retrospect. And I do see Piebald as one of those, you know, as, as our careers went along, I started trying to compare what I wanted to do to bands like Bad Religion instead of bands like Blink because I love Blink, but even Blink, like, you know, i was friends with Tom, in his own mind, he's the same. Like, they never got to be the who, you know what right. I mean? They never got to be uh, the Beatles. You always end up wanting something more, and I really do think that when you look at it, it's almost like when someone passes away and then in retrospect, you're like, but they, you know, at the time I didn't, you know, and then you're like, oh, but they were so good at this. So I try to like live like that now where I can appreciate life for what's eventually going to come and be like why didn't you fucking appreciate that it's almost like a problem like now i'm just like give me more more time with my kids like i just want to live this song is so good i really want to just be in this moment but it's gone you know what
0: i Dude, mean like um yeah i do know what you mean shit man you know what i always appreciated about you so i heard is a real boy right when it came out i remember buying the cd awesome opening the booklet and reading yes. through now at this time bulb was my favorite band i didn't know them like i know them that's now. Rad, that's rad so, though that, that, that's what you were into at the time i don't want to go on and on too yeah. much because you probably talked about stuff okay but like, for
3: you not for me though because i'll talk about it whenever and it's an honor and it's a privilege that i'll answer any question a nothing's off the table but then b also like even talking about it is a fun b and like i'm a dad you know what i mean like at this point i'm gonna go in that room and be like people give a shit about me and my my, so my, right. my, my kids are gonna be like not really that much but you are a good dad you know like eh, you know they are really sweet but like you know what i mean like they think qualify you as fucking hard as possible which is good like nothing that i do is going to make me a better dad that has to do with anything to do with that but it's such an important part of what i've done in the world so to be able to properly compartmentalize them and be like i'm new at this part because i'm all my kids are pretty young and i'm new at being an old guy but in terms of being a young guy i'm a fucking wise man you know what i mean i'm an old guy for that. So I love answering questions that have to do with things that like 19 year old Max
0: would have been like, uh, uh. <laughs> I think it's also gratitude, you know, cause that, oh, that's what's seeping through. That's my favorite. Feeling. Right that's important. Thank you. Yeah. I, I don't always
3: feel it though. I'm not saying I'm like so good at that. Cause I, it's my favorite feeling, but it's hard to, it's one thing to abstractly, I bet the pie ball guys relate to that. Cause it's like, they put in the homework to show their gratitude as a band. That's like what they do, but there's still times where you just feel like a piece of shit and then in and of itself that's like not showing gratitude to other people you know what right. i mean like in I a do. way that's going well it's like what's the fucking point i might as well not even be alive but then i'm here What about me? Like I, you matter to me, man. Am I not enough?
0: You know what I mean? It's kind of a real thing. It's a real thing. The way your brain operates is like the way mine operates. You are just way better at putting it in words.
3: I wouldn't say I'm better, man. It's just that I've been paid for it for so long that I've had to develop this one muscle. I don't believe that anyone is born better at that than anyone. Well, okay.
0: It is a skill. For sure.
3: That's it, though. Um, like a sport. It's a sport. It's a yeah, sport.
0: That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And going back to, dude, I remember buying that CD and reading through that booklet while listening to it. Oh, wow, that's cool. And I remember reading the thank yous, dude. Yes. And I remember seeing Piebald on there. I always would read those booklets, man. And, Me too. yeah going back to that time, I haven't looked at this booklet in 20 years, but I remember Piebald, and I remember the list was so long, I was like, I think he's listing all his favorite bands. That's so rad. I had never seen that.
3: I actually don't remember if maybe the first one had my actual favorite bands. Like, it's possible. But I will say, like, as we were making Is A Real Boy was when I met all my heroes. Like, all my legit heroes. So I would say like, probably it was real, because like, for instance, I remember Piebald hanging out with them and and like you know I'm not gonna lie smoking some weed so I remember leaving my piece there and being (laughs) so nervous because it happened twice it was the most epic thing ever I was so nervous to meet them I had never met them and they're like the Beatles to me or something that's what these dudes don't understand to us at that moment totally you know say Chris Conley was John Lennon you know what I mean like and it's like they were they all had their little thing to us where they were iconic and so I'm in the room with them you know whoever was there with me Brian Sheffield or something is like you know this guy's the next you guys or whatever and i'm like ah, ah, and i'm tripping i'm like i'm like i'm saying dumb shit. everything i say is dumb these guys think i'm dumb no i also left my wallet so i left my piece came back and i realized i left my wallet when i realized i left my wallet the second time i'm like oh my god Fuck me. And I came back and of course they're like, whoa, buddy. They're like, You all right there, holy? I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. And I was like, ah it was like literally like Conan O'Brien style ribbing, where like, you know what I mean? Like so the point is like I did meet a lot of those people, like Hot Rod Circuit, you know, they played on the record yes. even. Yes. Um, yes. and I was literally being introduced, but I didn't know them from any scene. Like I was this outlier that got introduced. When I was making the demos for Is a Real Boy, it was these demos that got shopped around, and they got me signed to Doghouse. So, like, basically, as soon as Rama and Doghouse got involved, they brought me to Doghouse. They had this like place where they would all congregate. Yeah, in, in a tech. L.A. In oh. tech moved to L.A., and yeah. it was and so basically, I would hang out with like the Hydrahead guys, and I would hang out with the Eyeball guys and the Doghouse guys, and then I started meeting all these people. Like just before this, I was listening to Thursday, yes. and I was thinking about how like Jeff. You know just took me to go see the lifetime reunion not knowing much about me except for that he liked like probably the demos or is a real boy but he's like this kid like he's like it's cool that he likes thursday i just want to like hang out with this kid and so he just took me to lifetime and i remember like hanging out with all these like jersey hardcore people that i looked up to i was like the little brother of that whole crew so so to me at the time i was like thank you, Pieball. You know what I mean? Like, totally. and thank you for your music because, because honestly, like the whole concept sprung from those bands, it was inspired by them, but I wasn't one of them. It was very much so a comment on myself a little bit, but also about what I saw was happening to these innocent guys who were getting sucked into this big corporate machine and it was spitting them out and, and fucking with them and fucking with their wreck, you know, what happened with saves on in reverie, all that stuff you know was was happening and i'm like this is bullshit like like you know these guys are just trying to be honest and it's being exploited by the most dishonest people because i grew up in la and i saw how corrupt the machine was and i'm like oh no now it's gotten to my bands and I'm like, how can I write a story about a kid who can't stop saying what he thinks? And that was the concept of the musical that I wrote about in that booklet was, you know, about a, a kid who can't control, and it is what I'm like, obviously you can see it, but like, it was more of a metaphor in that I can control my, you know what I mean? Like I choose to be wordy, I choose to be pretty, I, I do like, I have some disorder where it's, it's a lot, but like, I choose to be honest. It's a choice, you know what I mean? And I feel like those guys made that same choice, but at the same time, Some of them, and I think Piebald actually wore it really well, were not prepared for how big it would be, and therefore it became a corrupting influence on some people. And and that doesn't mean they didn't shed it, that they didn't improve after and become awesome again, but for a while it was like an identity crisis for people, and I didn't feel that way about music until the last year of Say Anything. When I ironically returned to that character and wrote about what he would be like now, which is what I was seeing out of a lot of not the pieball guys, because thank God, again, they dodged a fucking bullet. But a lot of people just kept going on that cycle and became really jaded, dark, made really gross, bad decisions and stuff. And so that album was about, you know, a murderer who was sort of based on my dark twin that doesn't actually exist. But yeah, see, that's a whole thing. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well dude, you came in fucking hot with that record, man. <laughs> and thank you. That record changed the game, man. I remember you, man. there's so many moments in my life that are connected to you, your music. Not just that record, but what yeah. I always loved about you, Max, in addition to like just saying things that I had never heard before in a song, us being the same age, like But saying you probably said helps. them in life though. So. Definitely thought them. Right. But right, just right. like I'm like, all right, somebody gets me better than I get myself in some ways. Thank and you thank you
3: of course of i know course. that
0: experience but what made me respect you way more even after you dropped that dude in defense of the genre i just love the the camaraderie like Thanks, man. you fucking it's two albums essentially yeah you it is yeah it is
1: all these is. heavy hitters
0: yeah. in and yeah. i mean it's literally called in defense of the genre i'm all about camaraderie yeah. you can't survive without it
3: we so, are similar they're one of the only bands that that is like that besides what say anything was like internally we were like that too and you know that not everybody band is like that a lot of dudes hate each other a lot of dudes are very quiet and awkward and we were loud and friends with each other and making fun of everything so i did look up to them for that
0: this was why one of my favorite shows ever again this was before i toured with them but 2007 so crazy say anything me without you piebald was that the same tour as like
3: Miffy Clyro no that was manchester orchestra actually but still even that like any of these tours but that one in particular historically yes. blows my mind we got piebald I was like, what? You know what I mean? Like, that's insane to me that we got them. And like, even Me Without You was a huge get at the time. Not to mention, artistically, I'm still obsessed and intimidated by them. To mention that that tour happened, I love that you mentioned it because it does remind me that I got to that point. That is further than, it's what I wanted. Did I foresee it? No, because I'm a a dark motherfucker. So I was (laughs) like, I'm going to just fail and die. But I wanted it. You know what I mean? I wanted to be those things. And it was, thank you for recognizing, it was in the spirit of camaraderie not to, like, pwn these other bands that I looked up to. It was to show them to people and be like, this is amazing. Don't look down on it. Like, half the people that were anti-emo pitchfork at 2000 are, you know, now they'll sing pieballs crazy. And for a reason, you know what I mean? Because they didn't even take the time to fucking listen. They didn't even take the time to realize Piebald was better than half the indie rock bands that sounded like Pavement. They sounded like fucking Pavement. They sounded like Built to Spill. They sounded like indie rock, dude. You know, they sounded like Archers of Lope and shit. But Ben to me, but then with emotionality. So I was like, "You don't get it." And now it it, it it did happen. So I am proud that like emo nights are a thing, and that pitchfork did fucking turn tail like fucking pussies. I'm sorry, and and go. This is this is amazing. You know what I mean? Or the right people took over. You know, to some degree, but there was a movement really where it was it was seen as as misogynistic. You know what I mean? Like, it was seen as misogynistic. Because um, I didn't mind the people who were like, they're fags, they're pussies. Like, good, good. Like, glad you think that about me because I am, motherfucker, fuck you. But like, for the people that were trying to get women's rights happening and were trying to get this stuff happening, for them to look at like, the guys in Piebald, and to be like, they're massages. What are you talking about? Like, you can't tar them with the same brush as, like, the Screamo bands on Wartford that were, like, molesting kids. So I basically was going, this is not the same thing. It's an entire genre. That's like saying rock and roll is, it's both a defense of it and also saying it's bullshit and doesn't exist. Because that's like saying every rock singer is, like, a perverted, dark, mean, stuck-up narcissist. Because rock and roll, like, emo, what does it mean? It's, it's, it's a huge blanket statement that doesn't necessarily mean anything except for to say that that's like going you know Jews are greedy I can say that right so it's like we're not some of us still are some of us are definitely fucking greedy are you kidding like so like yeah some of the emo bands were corrupt and, and misogynistic some of the lyrics were pretty dark but like ours were not yeah. ours were specifically thinking of that it was it was done to combat it so I really did have anger like tangible anger enough to make an entire record about and called it And to work with Brad Wood, who did Sunny Day's Diary and did the Me Without You stuff to go like, we could probably work with like some big name producer right now. Brad is better than most of them. He's a big name in indie rock. And he also invented emo because he did Diary. So it's like, listen to how good this dude is. And thankfully, he got some work from it, but he was getting work from me without you. He got us from me without you. He got us from Sunny Day. So it's really just like it was already happening outside of me. It's just that I wanted people to understand that I was doing it. I wanted people to know overtly that I'm saying this is not a corrupt group of bands necessarily. I'm saying there's bad eggs in every batch,
0: you know? Yeah, it was pretty rad. And you had baseball before that, but I think generally people would consider that your sophomore album, right? I
3: consider it our
0: sophomore album. Yeah, okay.
3: Personally, but at, at the same time, I don't deny the existence. Funny thing that there's the first album that doesn't really exist, and it's probably pretty common to most bands. You know what I mean? Like, totally. There's probably like an entire piebald record in high school putting out their records and shit like that. And dude, that just. Like, cave in and shit, you know, which is cool fuck, as fuck.
0: Fuck yeah, yeah dude. That just yeah. reminded me. I know you'll remember this. So, I can't remember what year, but it was like almost 20 years ago. You were on tour with The Bled. It was Say Anything in The Bled. Oh, yeah. You mm-hmm. guys were coming through the ICC Church in Alston, James. I've had him on the podcast. I think he lost his voice or something. The bled couldn't um, perform, yeah. dude. He's and dude, comedian at one point, right? And yeah, he's still doing stand up. James is awesome. Okay. I love that. Yeah, guy. he's they're so funny and sweet. If you're not following him on the socials,
3: I'll see him posting real funny. Like I showed my wife something a bled breakdown. The music would cut out, and he's like, "This is how we do." <laughs> and then they'd be like, broof, 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 "You know,"
1: <laughs> so he
3: says really funny every time before the breakdown and it was something really epic and I like literally played it for my life and out of context she's like what but I'm like oh it's the Bled like you have to understand their yeah. thing like they were so weird like they're like the piebald
0: of hardcore in a way but they were like they didn't take it seriously but they did. They were all homies, you know. That too. They also had like weird timing, if I'm not mistaken. 100%. They were recording. Yeah, that,
3: that too, you're right.
0: I think they were recording their third requisite silent treatment maybe with right. Ma- with Brian McTernan when Vagrant. Well, I just you know what? I learned this listening yeah, to the Vagrant to that podcast. Pop. And like mm-hmm. while they were recording with McTernan, they got a phone call like, "Hey, um, we just we don't have a budget for this anymore." <laughs> like
3: It's common. It It was honestly common. And like, I expected it to happen to us. It basically kind of did, but didn't. We just left the label. We left Sony when that happened. The bands that were on like Epitaph and Vagrant and stuff like that. I love those labels. But also it was common for them to like, Get in over their heads on shit. You know what I mean? Because yeah. when they sign the bled, they're like, fuck, you guys are gonna be huge. Plus we have dashboard, he's already huge. Let's put a whole bunch of money and make a record with Mark Trombino and it's gonna be as big as my cam and you guys are gonna fucking you have gallier I think or no, they had Ellis. So it's like, you know, it really could have been huge and they were so good enough to be huge. They're fucking amazing. And if it isn't, what do they do next? They weren't prepared for like the root of that whole thing. You know what I mean? Like vagrant, I would say. But that's what that whole podcast is about. Even, even yeah. Rich talking about that. Like we didn't know, like, you know what I mean? Like we were making this up as we went along. Is what I take from the label
0: end of it too. I love that podcast. It's so good. So good. (laughs) Oh my God. It's so good. (laughs) But the the memory that I was referring to, it was the Bled couldn't perform. So it was just say anything. And there was a lot of anticipation for you guys coming to Boston because you had a drop off that Saves the Day tour, which was gonna be really big for you. So this was the first tour since then? Since the census fail. Wow. That's what I think it was, yeah, yeah, Saves the Day, Census Fail and like maybe the early November Mm -hmm. and you guys. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that because I love all those bands but i had already seen all those bands so i was really excited to see say anything and you guys yeah, had that, to drop cause
3: we hadn't done like a real had you seen us before then Because no, we basically i had i had it
0: So then like another year or whatever passes and all of a sudden you're coming through the ICC church, just you and the Bled. I still, till this day I'm like, yeah, the first time I saw Say Anything was at a church, bro. And you guys, for that show, I will never forget, you played all of Israel Boy because you played- We did? You played Extra Time because the Bled couldn't play. You understand
3: this at our age as humans, doing what you do specifically after those shows, I bet you're like oh my god. And it's like you just have to kind of collapse into a ball for like 45 minutes reboot. And then you're like, here we go. You know what I mean? Like, But like before there was no even need to stop. I'd be like rocking and rolling, get on stage and then rock harder after even, you know what I mean? Like, so I was like, yeah, let's just like keep playing. Who cares? Like
0: You wanted to put on a show because honestly I was super into the Bled back then too. So I was bummed that the Bled couldn't Oh yeah,
3: and and it was intimidating.
0: They were another like
3: big debt where I'm like, to me, you know what I mean? I bet for Ellis, he's like, do you think he'll want to put the Bled on? Cause like they weren't that big, but to us they were big. To me, yeah. I was like you. So to us, it was like the bled. They were like one of the cool. It was, uh big past bands the flask
0: was out, and maybe there's. Yeah, and I, and I think the, maybe their second record had just come out.
3: Yeah, the mm. second. It was on the second one, which yeah. to me found in the flood, which I quote found in the flood. On, yes. Yeah, I quoted it on what a on, record, dude. I quoted it on my new record on the solo on Max Mental. I talk about being found in the flood and
0: Last um, American Cowboy. Yes. Oh just, god, what just a so fucking album, man.
1: Rips.
3: And like Mark Trombeto, epic. You know what I mean? Like when I heard they were working with him, I was like, this is amazing. No one like that has worked with Mark Tron. It would be like if Kaven, when they were heavy, worked with Trombino or something. We even opened, opening for Kaven to me was one of the cooler things to this day that I'd still brag about. But it was just opening for them once. But it was still the coolest thing ever. Just to meet them. I smoked weed with them. I like, you know, and then like just watched them and was like, what the fuck? Like, they're just so good. That scene is just so good. Like that Boston scene that piebald in Kaven and converted Converge, Converge,
0: all those bands. Yeah. There was something in the water, mm-hmm. man. It, it still will yes. always yes. blow my mind that Andover and Methuen are right next to each other. Merrimack Valley and like Piebald, Converge, and Cave In are all from and the same. And then later, place. like
3: Hotelier is from yep. that whole area, I think. I don't know yep. if they're from Worcester. Worcester, yeah, exactly. Great music town is the point. To me, that was one of the places where I looked at it when I was writing Is a Real Boy. It was that in Jersey where yeah. I was like analyzing from the West Coast, like what. The fuck?
0: Long Island, Long too. Long Island.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Long Island to be. I think there were For degrees me, yeah, yeah. of how much I related yeah. to the scenes in a way because like I loved brand new taking back and glass jaw and stuff. Yeah. But there was something dark about it where I was like, <laughs> damn, they're really resentful of this shit. I get it because like the socio politics of each of those places is different. Jersey was like to me, like it was almost like Paris where it was like really bohemian and everyone was really kind of cool. Like saves the day at the time were like the Beatles and it was like, but Boston was very like bro, not bro in the bad sense, bro in a good sense, where it was like all the bands were playing on each other's records. Totally. And you know what I mean? Like Kid Kilowatt or something. And I'm like, whoa, these bands are all friends and like dudes from cave in playing on pieball It's like, and they were yep. in the bands together. So I saw it as a really harmonious like scene. Some of the other ones were a little darker in like, I mean, if you just look at brand new Taking Back Sunday Beef, and you're just like, what? These are just some young dudes from like the local scene. Like, this isn't, I'm sure it felt like that to them at the time, where right. you're like, They're we're kids. up against right. the, uh, like a yeah. wrestling match. Yeah. <laughs> But for me, at the time, I'm like, this is kind of funny. So anytime I've written right. like a diss song, there's some amount of like, what is this right now? Right. This is nothing. You know what I mean? Like, what I are just, we
0: dissing? I love looking at those old like Boston flyers. It'll be like Highballed, mm. Bane, Converge, oh. cave fucking Ten-Yard Fight, Five Bucks, you know, Elks Lodge, wherever. Um, and then you stuff have stuff random people
3: like Dashboard coming through and like opening, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. it's so cool, you know? And, and I just... So yeah, I grew up wanting to grow up on the East Coast. I was born on the East Coast. My family's from the East Coast. So I think the people in LA from the East Coast, like the kids of the people who are from the East Coast, it's a very different breed.
0: Totally. Um, Where were you the born? People
3: who, I was born in Manhattan, but I in left Manhattan. when I was like three and grew up in LA. But like all my friends typically were like, This is like almost like a shitty racist statement about people from LA. You know, the people who come from other cultures or whatever infused with LA, I love. But when it's like, when it's too LA, you know, it's, I think it's probably like that anywhere, you know, where if if you're too caught in the identity of your city and you can't like see what is beautiful about other places and take influence, it's all about bringing that shit from other places into your, and then having that be the new normal. Cause like everyone in Hollywood, a lot of people in Hollywood are like that I was, friends with were like the kids of like people who grew up like without money in new york larry david like drove a taxi you know what i mean like there's some perspective there you know what i mean like my grandparents were like in the holocaust and shit you know so it's like i feel like i i have a lot of privilege but it's also infused at least by a knowledge that there is some perspective that needs to be had and i wasn't rich growing up or anything but i think just growing up in la is privilege you know cuz there's a there's sure. a privilege inherent in the social fabric like everyone's trying to be rich even if you're not It's really fucked up. Like I was trying not to be, but even then you can't help it because you're, you're caught. It's like the movie alpha dog. Do you ever see it? I haven't. It's just a bunch of dudes. Like a lot of people were just trying to be black people. It was dark. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people just trying to be either trying to be like drug dealers and just like kingpins, like, or trying to be rappers and like trying to be like, dude like black dudes with integrity or trying to be like drug dealers. And I'm like, you're neither of these things. You have no experience like this. So why are you drawing on it? You know, the draw, people get killed. People get stabbed in schools for very different reasons than they would in like a public high school in Boston. You know what I mean? There, That's people who are actually fighting sometimes for their lives, for their families sometimes. And that's something that's, I would never look down. You know what I mean? But when you're a fucking millionaire and you're selling drugs just to be cool, fuck that shit, man. So, So that was my that's what I was rebelling against. There's also great stuff, but like, you know, to me, when I look at like the Boston punk scene, that's obviously rebelling against like machismo and like misogyny and, and the shit that comes from a really messed up um, from some of the like and at times, but, but mostly like shitty people, like those hardcore, you know, straight edge movement in like, to me was invented because there were people who were like smoking crack, like fucking with people. You know, so that is why straight edge was, was born out there as opposed to like in LA because then it's legit. Then there are like, I respect a lot of straight edge bands. I mean, I love Fugazi and stuff because, and I'm not straight edge at all. I'm sober at this point, but I'm not straight edge. Like at all. I have a song I uh, just wrote about not being straight edge, even though I'm sober. There's I a big difference. There's a big difference. Not to say that it isn't awesome, but it's a whole, it's a whole thing. You know what I mean? Like to make that commitment. And even if I am committed to sobriety, to be able to say that this is what the de- defines me, like I'd rather say you know, love defines me or no matter what my life was, I was always kind of obsessed with like being really honest and and thinking that love was um, like a really pure sentiment, you know? So, But like in totally. straight edge, sometimes you have to overcome that for straight edge. Like you have to beat the shit out of someone for straight edge. It is like a gang in that regard. You know what I mean? Like you have to be able to put your brothers like first in that regard, like you're straight edge. It's a community. And I'm not really a part of any community like that, except for my family and like the people I love. So for me, I'm like, oh, that's my friend. I'll fucking kill for him. But like, I'm not gonna do it for any Jewish guy. I'm not gonna do it for any dude who lives in Texas. At all, you know what I mean? Like so, so that's the one thing that I that I had a hard time with with stuff like that. But the, where it, where it came from, Boston, of course, you've got asshole Boston people. To me, that's the equivalent of like the shitty rich snobs that I grew up around. Were probably like for you, seriously fucked up. Boston locals that were like dicks or, or homophobic or whatever, you know what I mean? Like totally, it was almost not cool to to be like that where I grew up. But they were they were homophobic and misogynistic. But it wasn't like that. wasn't like the cool kids were were jocks and they beat up the geeks. It wasn't that. It, everyone was the same, and they're competing to be cool or fashionable. It was like the scene. That's why *Is a Real Boy* is what it is. Was because it was the scene in Dude, high school.
0: Dude, I always wanted to ask, so I'm going to take this opportunity. Please, please, you mentioned that. You were influenced, I'll say, from Piebald. I think you worded it differently. Oh God, yeah,
3: beyond. Okay, so the chord signature of American Hearts is the chord signature is the chord progression of Woe. It's the bridge of Woe. Whoa!
1: When I'm old. Now California in sweet hill park Road. Oh shit, CNN never even picked up on that.
3: Yeah, well, you would because it's transposed to a different key, so it's not the same like actual chords. Right. But those chords, there's a certain chord that they use, and it might just more so be probably Aaron is playing something higher up over something Travis is playing. But I have used that chord as my main chord to write songs with since I heard American Hearts, and it's the main chord I use. It's like like this. (laughs) It's like um, the major chord over the main chord, but with a little bit of this one other additional chord in there and it always sounds good. And so I just play everything starting like that and then sometimes I'll change it up. But if you listen to Say Anything songs, that melodic like structure is in most of our material, so like I was straight up influenced by Piebald on that record, and just like the humor, you know what I mean? Because that was on baseball, but I had never heard an emo band or a punk band go with it the way Piebald did. And so I'm like, all right, I'm like, okay, so now I can go real silly and still be serious, you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah,
0: like, Travis lyrically, especially man, I you know he's always had this really really fine line because they get political and they get serious and deep, but it's always silly wonderfully tasteful about silly it, and fu- wonderful. It's never tasteful, Weird yeah.
3: Al. It's never Weird out. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yes. for, I think I've I've gone more Weird Al with him than on, on, like, While I Can Get Sexual or something. But even then, that song is very piebald in, in that sense. Like, you're saying sarcastic stuff, and you're hoping that the audience is smart enough to know you're being sarcastic. You know what right. I mean? Like, half the songs traps is, like, just, like, you're going to die, your guts are going to fall <laughs> out because you're lazy, and I hate
1: <laughs> you. are just my
3: But he doesn't mean that. It's like he could say that to his best friend IRL and the best friend would be like, you're right, man. I got to get the fuck out of bed. You know what I mean? But like on record, some people like me, unfortunately, they're like, oh, you really want to murder that person? I'm like, no, I don't want to actually fucking murder like my, my like girlfriend's ex-boyfriend just because I'm kind of jealous of him and annoyed by him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just feel like he had a really good way of making it warm. Yeah, you know what it is? questioned it's
0: it. Perfect example. Karate chops forever. Everyone but us it's so like silly and like it's it's not violent
3: but it's sincere in that moment (laughs) you're angry you know what i mean like you're pissed like he, he probably wrote that song very frustrated you know and like still had a good enough morality i struggle with that i have like an anger
1: problem i think
3: you know what i mean like i i think that there are times where if someone is rude or or mean or does something amoral i want them to fail in life
0: Dude. And all I right. I shouldn't. No, but let me ask you this cuz cuz I've been thinking about this a lot myself because Yes. right we're the same age trying to like grow and I just catch myself like I'm generally pretty positive but it's yeah, it's it's, it's, it's part a constant of it. It's part of it. But dude, like It's part of it. There are things that will get the best of me and like make me snap. Like for me, it's mm-hmm. like when I'm trying to fucking like I don't know log into something and I have to like log like it's usually technology bullshit. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm and, and it's just like lose I'll lose it. my fucking mind but like what are your like triggers though like what are the things that like get to you and you're like why does this keep getting to me lying immorality bullying when other people it's
3: either me especially when it's not me but it's people i care about like if it's my wife if it's my kids someone could get fucking hit and i i don't i don't hit people i don't get into fights like i've been in like one lame tiny physical altercation my entire life and it was just lame and funny and it was like me and a member of the band and then we like made up after (laughs) But honestly, it's in me to the point where it scares people because like I instead of walking away, I will say something. You know what I mean? I'll be like, if you don't stop, I'm going to fucking hate you because like I would. It's not good. It's not. I'm not glorifying it, but I do love that part of me only because it's so who I am. And I would look at it as just it's because you're a good person. And so you're like you're so frustrated from life being unfair that. It makes you lose your fucking shit. It's that simple. Like, you know, some people call that codependence. Um, I, I did like the 10 steps for it. Like I never had an issue with um with being addicted to any substance, but I, if I do have an addiction, it's that. And I did like the 12 steps for it. And it's like-
0: For a codependency? It's
3: basically for codependency. Yeah. Cause it's like a lot of the times it comes from like, if you're in the fa- family of an alcoholic or or you undergo any kind of abuse or any kind of yep. um, shit early on where you're made to feel victimized. You want to help people, but it also makes you angry innately at the people and, and, and feel threatened sometimes that like, for me at least, that people have a bad intention. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm very careful now because I've been abused. You know what I mean? So I'm like, all right, what's this going on? Are you fucking with me? Are you fucking with her? Is all, We're all good? Okay. <laughs> and then I'm like, very happy, you know, like, and then I'm just like Gandhi, but like, it all has to be very like, we're all being nice, aren't we? Like, let's be nice yes you know what i mean like i could see the piebald guys being a little bit like that because like they only surround themselves with or tend to what i've seen like they hang out with really nice people yeah. and like tend to stick with nice people but if you if you you know whether it's the, your job or or friends of friends and you're kind of dealing with bullshit, you're gonna end up just like what the fuck? because i'm so used to nice people i'm so used to people who are just honest cool, humble, you know, like, why are we not all like that? But the world isn't, the world is broken. The world is greedy to me. Like the fact that it's, it's what American Hearts, it's such an amazing, influential song to me. Cause it's, it fucking captured how I felt when I would walk by homeless people. When I was 12 years old and I'd be like, mom, do we have a dollar? And my mom, God bless her, would be like, no, 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 don't talk to that person. You know what I mean? And I'm like, why, why? That's fucked up. Look, look, look. So I really feel like that creates that dynamic that there are homeless that there are people suffering and we are in a place of it just creates a we or we're suffering and someone else is it's just it shouldn't be like that in my opinion i i am sort of a in my heart an anarchist or or communist in that way that i think that in an ideal world and it's going to take some time i'm not like throw it all away right now fuck everything but i do think in the future we would all be stopping to see you know the person with the all the things described in american hearts would be would be something that you're stopping to do something about as opposed to being part of it so to speak (laughs) but but that's what but when you see it then the song gets flipped because then it's like we're part of standing up to this you know what i mean so that's that's why that song is so genius to me
0: age is like a a fine wine it really does yeah because it'll
3: be true until there is no government, in my opinion. Until there's no Ew. government as it stands, until there's no capitalism the way it stands. I'm not saying there isn't something that someone smarter than me could think of that is a better form of government, but as long as there are haves and have nots, that song's gonna apply.
0: Yeah, man, totally. And one of my favorite episodes I ever put out, it was just me talking to Travis and we just went track by track on that record. That and so awesome. Yeah. When it I came would love to, to do that american hearts man he he fucking said almost exactly what you just said he's like yeah, yeah i was in yeah. somewhere in carolina he's like i remember looking up and seeing a guy washing a window and people pushing shopping carts. like everyone around me was homeless and he's like you're like and look at my job i have the what? best job ever
3: <laughs> he was just but saying it's true. like it came from that
0: he was just saying like, these people probably aren't thinking about like Thanksgiving or they're probably thinking like, where am I going to sleep tonight? Or when am I going to no. eat again? You know, and or who's going to much...
3: produce my record? Yeah. You know, that, that was, that was, is a real boy was, was me taking that even further and going, this is all bullshit. Yeah, like, like at least the bullshity part. I, I was too far then because I was in a bad place. So I was like, like what you're describing when you know the login goes wrong or something. I was like, fuck every. I was very angry about all that about music because there are some really good parts to it. Like there's just people making music and it's beautiful and it, it totally. saves lives. But I will say, there's so much of it. To this day, that is a dark, nasty cesspool of hell. So so if you're immersed in that, like I imagine Travis was at the time, because it was like, even though they hadn't like, broken out like they had to some degree like because in the scene at the time and you could probably tell me more than i knew they were like the next big thing in a way because they were touring with newfound glory and saves a day and all that yep. stuff and then it was like go in with a big producer this could be as big as You're being cool this could be as big, sell fifty thousand records and you could be on a major label it yep. starts to come up like get up kids on that podcast talking about how like they wanted to be on the major so did we like you know, but then That's you it. look at the, the window washer and you're like, wait a minute. So like that was me as a real boy was me reminding myself the entire time, like, what am I, what is this? You know, like me, me and Woe is like me just looking around in an art gallery or imagining looking around in an art gallery and just feeling so uncomfortable because everyone was so full of shit. And just yeah. like everyone, there was a social hierarchy and everyone was like trying to be cool. And I'm like, guys, there's people dying. Look out the window. There's people fucking dying right there. What are we doing? And I Dude. couldn't help but, but, but play into it because I want to be in a band. You know what I mean? Like I want to go to college. If you want to go to college, you have to deal with college type people. If you want to do this job, you have to deal with these type people. But that's only because, in my opinion, the way the government works. Everything's about money. So literally, you can't avoid that. And so even when you're like stubbing your toe or, you know, the ear thing or the... It's all in some way related to like, fuck. And also, I'm kind of broke right now. Fuck.
0: You know what I mean? I don't want to go too far down this road, but you're absolutely right. Because like, yeah, if I was in Australia and I fucking... did the same thing with my ear i would have already been seen by a doctor and like that's what it I mean. would have been fixed that's what i mean it's all yeah, yeah it's all fucked up man but yeah. um going but back that's to- not
3: even political like because i live in texas and like you know i relate to a lot of people and they're not just like leftist people because it really is just a matter of whether you see that or not you know i'm not saying that all the solutions are out trust right. me but i will say that like it's a start to just see that as an injustice you know to see to see everyone should be okay you know everyone should have the right to treat their illness when we have the cures to things when people are spending money making machine it's like it's just a cheesy hippie sentiment that is true like there's a reason why the Beatles were big you know what i mean like it was real like that hippie shit is real but then there was a bunch of bullshit that came with it you know so it's not political i don't think that you're you're you know like don't worry like i'm the same way i'm like i'm like i'm not trying to be political but also do we not have common sense but fucking jesus Exactly.
0: People shouldn't have to put a second mortgage on their home because they have a serious health thing come up. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I've
3: gone through it over the past few years in a way that, you know, I never had, you know, like I and and it's surreal. It's surreal to be living in that reality. Like and I'm not talking about having or not having money because I've been all over the place with that my whole life. It's really more like when the system fucks you and you see it fucking you like socially, environmentally, all these things. And thank God we're doing okay. We, we kind of clawed our way a little bit out of what we were going through. But once you see it, there's almost no one seeing it in a way. You're just all like, right. okay, oh God. It makes you even more kind of on edge, like, You know, but that's why music like this is is important though, because it does take you back to, you know, that sentiment that you can do something about it. And you can, you really can do something every day to combat that. Whether it's like just being nice to the next person or or just like giving to charity. You know what I mean? Like literally you're doing one concrete thing. So anyway
0: yeah <laughs> no you, i think you hit the nail on the head and just going back like you mentioned hot rod circuit another just amazing band that everyone Ridiculous. needs to yeah. know about you know like um i actually just sold shirts for them um at the one of the vagrant things in worcester yeah and, oh my god uh, that, that so i
3: wanted to be there so bad
0: jay and um <laughs> jay and uh Porman are gonna come on the podcast i can't I fucking so love, those I love, love
3: those guys love jay
0: they're so right i I, rad.
3: I mike mike i don't know as well um but he's
0: really sweet and cool. Yeah, dude, that he guy. he wasn't in the
3: like, band at the time. Uh, Dan Duggins is amazing. Um, he's drum um, but, teching for but,
0: Billie Eilish now. He's well, doing. I know. He's so doing cool. big things. Dude, yeah. all
3: those people you like check in, you're like, oh yeah, he's just like produced <laughs> the new like Billie Eilish record. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um And so, but no, Jay Russell is one of the best people. But, sure.
0: oh, I still talk to him. Fucking yeah. man, dude. Have you heard the Split Coils? His uh, it's no, his, is that
3: his new project? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, they they hey, opened for they opened for Pieball on one of our holiday shows. I'm sure they're amazing because nice. he has such yeah. a good voice and so rad.
3: I'd, I'd love to hear more of like him songwriting and being a lead singer so yeah. that's rad Shout I remember out to when he the had uh, coils. That's amazing. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah. Send it to me if you send me other stuff. Send me that too. I definitely but just will. to remind me even to listen to because I always like sing his parts on hot rod songs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but shit, man. You know, I just think it's really rad. Like when a band like whether or not you want to be Max, you are in my mind like one of the leaders in in the scene, so to speak. Thank you. You know, man. like I like, would want to be that. I
3: don't think of myself as it often,
0: but I would because I'm so proud. I would say Travis
3: is. I would say you know totally say there's There's almost like a Mount Rushmore there. And and the other people I would put on there are really cool, talented people that I look up to. So that's really sweet of you to say, like I I do not want to be that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, awesome, fuck yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, I guess in my mind, I look at you had incredible success. You're still very successful. And just, just the legend that you left and going back to what I was talking about earlier, right? With thanking all these, you didn't have to thank all those bands in that CD booklet or that in the defense of the genre, record just just yeah just, yeah, you're just right. really I mean, I focusing on that
3: too cool for it I could have definitely been too cool for but, it but I couldn't have morally at all you but,
1: know
0: what I mean I do know what you mean but to add to that and this is where it's really right and this is the stuff that will keep a band like Piebald alive right now because I mean they're writing new songs which is exciting but you know they all got different jobs and shit but that like is fucking when exciting. Dashboard Confessional took us out on tour like cause Chris Carraba's like I wanna watch Piebald play every night and yeah exactly like, yes. or Newfound Glory will add us to a show mm-hmm. or something and like this is a long way of the point I was trying to make is that tour I was just talking about you took piebald on to me without you you didn't have to yeah you didn't have to do you could have probably taken anyone you were you were fucking in your prime like why i don't know maybe, i'm sorry sorry let me rephrase not prime you were you were fucking ascending you were you Thank were you. you know what i'm trying to say you were in a way but it, i was so there that like that just seems like a
3: mixture of the beginning and the peak all those things in a way like anytime someone talks about a show even like we did south by southwest for Oliver Appropriate. So it was our last album, but Trail of Dead opened for us. And or or whatever was on the same show. And I was like this is fucking surreal like there, i have a tattoo i have a fucking trail dead tattoo and the guy watched us play and i'm like he just thinks i'm a dork right you know what i mean like that that's always my default and then i have to literally logically remind myself that you know and then i became friendly with him he's a sweetheart and he liked my band and i i would never have called it though and that is humility to some degree like i'm not I'm not the most like amazingly humble person but but I'm humble enough to know that like it's good to be fucking humble. It's good to be yeah. as humble as you can fucking be and genuinely so. Not like uh, I'm just a guy, man. Yeah. <laughs> like really you have to be weirded the out and then you're gonna keep and and you know to bring it all around to pie ball, it's like they are weirded out like they're weirded out and they're so happily weirded out like you can be happy about it and grateful and weirded out because then that's how they avoid false humility because they're like this is the fucking shit you know what yeah. i mean they're not doing like the newfound glory festival and going like like who are we to be here we're just some you know Ugh, we're different than this they're like yeah we're gonna win fans and these young kids are gonna like us who may not have heard of us and the people who have heard of us are diehards and that's epic you know like so like to me i look at Sandy thing's whole career now like that and as a writer in comics oh my god i mean i went into it like that now so it's like starting starting a career with that mindset is so much better and more fun than starting in music because in music it was like we all had a chip on our shoulder a little bit to be like a competing with the other bands b just being a musician in the first place because you're seen as sort of like a burnout you know but with comics i come in and i'm like you like my band and you're like an executive at warner you know what i mean i'm like what the hell is this you know what I mean? like, this is a whole new level of what the fuck, you know um and it takes you out and, and it does in a very sad it builds you up and it brings you down because you're then shown i'm nothing in this you start to understand why people use like the really annoying like hashtag humbled because it always really annoyed me and it's it is kind of badly worded it's it's word it's used very terribly and people are not using it correctly but i think what they're trying to say is when you meet like jay-z and he's like i like your music you're amazing and they're like jay-z likes me hashtag humbled you should be writing hashtag fuck yeah i feel like a million bucks i'm the shit in reality you're also humbled because you're going look at him look at this person who likes my music holy shit and i think that when Pieball looks out at a crowd of kids and they're singing along every time they're going how are they still here how how the fuck is this happening 20 years later you here. know what i mean because it's 20 years now on Dude. that record you know? To me,
0: it should be like hashtag honored, right? I think that's that's going a back, great way of putting going it. back to yes. that like gratitude thing. Yeah,
3: because that, that's know? a positive. Humbling is like, psh, but like yeah. there is an element of it because if you look up to the people that you're being humbled by, because you're like, you know, I'm nothing but you said all this stuff and you're cool as fuck. Like that's how I would look at this experience right here: is you saying all this kind of stuff and like this dude's cool. Like how how does he like me you know if it, it implies insecurity at the at the forefront you know what I mean? it implies like walking around being like i don't know if i'm worth anything which is true it's a lot of yeah people, but you know what dude I mean?
0: and, there's a charm in that and there's a comfort in that and that is what i always found in that fucking record man it was just like you. you know what i'm trying i can't even word it but i, I think that makes sense <laughs>
1: well it's just it is
3: me it's just because it was my voice like a lot of the things i'm saying like we discussed are not true like molly you know molly Connolly was not a person You know, I wasn't having rough sex with anyone. I think I was like closer to being a virgin. I'm not lying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying I was a virgin, but I was closer to being a virgin than someone who had had a bunch of like crazy sex. And I was just like, look at our, um, look at what we're doing. Like a lot of this is just because we want to impress girls and make money. Let's at least be honest about it. You know what I mean? So, so, and, and I'm like, it's not a good thing either. You know what I mean? It's not a good thing. This isn't something I'm proud of. I'm only proud that I'm being honest about it. I don't think it's a bad
0: thing though. I hope you don't see it that way
3: I don't see it as a bad thing, but is it the thing that I would, um, like, I think inherent in that song is that there's someone who wants to die too. You know what I mean? Like you're singing about how you hate your life because you're a broken, raw person over this person, but at the same time, you're exploiting it. it may be a slightly unhealthy thing. It was reminding myself to always keep it in perspective because it's like, I'm still a broken person. You know what I mean? People are paying me for this, but I've got to be careful. I've got to appreciate the fact that they're paying me because essentially it was, it was, it's cool, like actually uh, Haley, like from Paramore did a thing on Molly Conley. And I'm, and as like a female all up in the scene and her choosing that as a song to feature, yeah. it made me so happy that she got it. Because like the fact that girls got it too, it was basically going, yeah, like, sorry, this is what, like a lot of the dudes up here, that is the truth of them, but without irony, without any kind of knowledge that that's what's happening. Every time I would step on stage and I'd see like a cute girl in the audience, and I'm like, hey, I wouldn't be like, hey, I'd be more like, you know what I mean? Like, like maybe a smile or something, or, or trying to see them less like a cute girl and more like a person. You know what I mean, like so, so. But there were plenty of people who never even had that thought.
0: You're a gentleman, dude, and you have respect.
3: I try to be one, and I'm not always one, but I appreciate.
0: You <laughs> know, but that—that's what I'm getting out of it. I don't know. Um, thank you. It's, no, it's, no, I don't I mean.
3: I, 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 I'm like by actions. I, I would like to say I am, but you know, we all are dark. That's the reason why that that record I'm not ashamed of, and I love it because it's like. We all would see, or anyone who likes cute girls and is a single guy and looks out and sees the cute girl is going to be like, wow, a really cute girl. This is awesome. She seems to think I'm cool right now. She may not even think I'm cool. She might just like the song a lot. You know what I mean? And it's like... To even question it, but 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 I did want to put on display the other part of me because at least that's all that ever worked in relationships. You know, I'm not a good enough guy, genuinely, to be. And I'm not saying there is anyone who's even like this. It may be a lie that there is guys who just don't have those thoughts. You know what I mean? Like, or or or, or women who don't have those thoughts, or anyone in between who doesn't right. have those. Basic shitty thoughts that are very driven by sex or power or money whatever but then to question them and go you know what that's just funny you know that's just a joke the fact that that's exists is funny because it's not going to do anything for me in the world you know what i mean it's why i didn't you know i would like to think it was a little bit different in pie Bald's age because it was a real scene it was just like the people at the show were like your friend. But like, you know, in my age, I didn't tend to like meet a, someone and date or hook up with someone at the show because I was like, these are just like, they don't know me. Like these are not, these are just kids like, in a way. You know what I mean? Like even if they're oh. my age, this is, they're coming to this for a completely different reason than me scoping them out, you know? And whether I would like nervously talk to someone at merch or not, you know what I mean? Like I met my wife though, technically my wife is a Say Anything thing that I met Dude. and I'm an Isley fan. Yo. You know what I mean? Like we're just fans of each <laughs> other's bands that met and you know but it's not like i was going for every say anything fan i could have got that's no fan, i love this what i mean
0: i love that and i'm glad you brought it up because i uh i'm from boston currently i'm in an airbnb that is now me my, too my <laughs> residence i'm in st petersburg florida because i fell in love on tour which is a rookie move you know pieball taught me one of the first not, things they taught it's me
3: not well it's definitely not a rookie move well, it's they were, everyone's move <laughs> well, well that was
0: one of the first rules they set as a, as well, a joke they're like Most of them are married and have kids. They were just busting my balls like a few years back. Yes yes half true because they've done all those things you know what i mean that's hilarious you said that because so i just did a tour with the story so far joyce manor mom jeans and microwave oh my god amazing fucking tour that's so crazy incredible it was just a few months ago right and um i hung out with this lady in orlando we had been talking online for months through the furnace fest community um through like facebook yeah like we had been talking daily so it's not like we just met but we Mm -hmm. finally hung out Well, that's what me and my wife did right and like you know like uh when you text somebody if you hit the microphone button so we were just talking all day every day for i don't know at least half a year and yeah dude so got her into the show in orlando we hung out hit it off finish up the tour right this brings us to june i flew down here to hang out for like a week and i'm still here and yeah i I just paid rent today
3: i moved to texas (laughs) you know
0: dude i have been fucking (laughs) florida my mom's like do you you live down there now i'm like i think i do i I got a job i'm bartending oh (laughs) she must love it she must love it though she gets it but you know we're we're two peas in a pod you know it's that's amazing
3: man i'm so happy for you it's the best to this day, you know, it's the best thing I've done by far. And that includes yeah. like, because my kids wouldn't have happened without it. And if they would have with someone who was not meant to be there, you know, like it would have been a fucking hairy scene. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Wouldn't have been good. You know, like they would have been great. But like the whole big picture being so rad is is because of her. So, yeah.
0: But yo, dude, that fucking record. I think my favorite track. I think I got to go Chia like I shall grow.
3: That's awesome. I think it's my favorite song on that record. I'm not gonna lie. I also like Admit It. Like I think those two would be be the Yeah, but Admit It is like a seven minute, it's not really like a
1: song. Admit It! Despite your pseudo-bohemian appearance and vaguely leftist doctrine of beliefs, you know nothing about art or sex that you couldn't read in any trendy New York underground fashion magazine typical non-conformist. You are a vacuous soldier of the thrift store Gestapo. You adhere to a set of standards and tastes that appear to be determined by an unseen panel of hipster judges. Bullshit! the thumbs up and thumbs down to incoming and outgoing trends and styles of music and arts. Go
0: That song individually awesome fucking record closer, Thank and that you. no Chia is that my favorite for sure of the. Of like, that and you know what? I never thought of this till now. Chia like could have been the album closer. Like that's kind of a closing epic. Yeah, you're right. It would have been,
3: been like it but, has a similar ending.
0: And and it's almost there. It's like track 11 of 13 or something like that. I think mm-hmm. I got it right here. No, Chia-like, I wanna know your plans, admit it. So it's a Really? Dude. Oh,
3: I forgot that.
0: Now, admit it though. That that's what's cool about this. So it's a masterpiece, dude, going from Chia like, which could be the ending. It's pretty epic in itself. And then you go into I wanna know your plans, almost like a like a butterfly pink or tin like I soft. Ending.
3: That, though, from like, from those bands. I'll remember
1: you till I die. Until I rot. What keeps me believing the world's not gone down? Strengthen my bones from the world.
3: They did that stuff unintentionally, you know, like when I became friends with Conley, I really found out how much was unintentional. Of all that You know what I mean Like it's funny I'm sure you get that All the time With my Ball Where you're like Remember when you did this And they're like We weren't really thinking About it that way But yeah you're right But the difference was I was just like Scholastically taking apart Every one of those records And going What's the best deal here It's like Pinkerton Ends with Butterfly Or whatever But then you're kind of like Ew. So I'm going to be like Oh put another Ripper On the ending You know what I mean Like it's it was always
0: like conscious. That shit turned fucking heads Because just when you think Like if you just put You know the CD on And just didn't know you know, just played it through without looking at right. The, yeah, that's so funny. You yeah, probably yeah. think that I never that's thought it. about that, but yeah. But then all of a sudden, dude, you got this song "Admit It," which is turning heads because I had never heard a song like it until that point. In real life, I
3: barfed one time during "I Want to Know Your Plans." So, and it was oh, I think yeah. it was the tour where we were doing the whole album. So it's kind of like that in a way. And it was like right towards the ending as well. I'm just like. And it was a projectile into the air and like TMZ got it. It was real, real. Yeah. And it's like, I referenced it in a couple of songs after, because it was so perfectly captured in the moment that it went arched into the air. And it was just, it is what you're describing in that it was just like, you do have to kind of want to put off people to some degree and then once you embrace that about saying anything I think then you're like kind of all in for anything that's as insane as possible I don't the more even... jarring the better in a way you know it's like, I don't even think I got away with it I didn't get away with it I got like shame. but I will say not many people would have gotten applauded and cheered during the vomit
0: where was this I'm
3: like I'm, I'm like this these are my buddies here like they're like they're like that's what I'd be doing right now okay. it was it was at the house of blues in LA of course oh. so it was like hometown <laughs> wow so there you go like it was like welcome <laughs> home buddy like we're here we're we're I'm gonna go puke right after the set it's, we're all good you know? <laughs> but
0: dude I didn't mean turn heads in a bad way for the record like I don't. No, I
3: mean but but to me they're they're one in the same that's what I've learned about say anything by having a break is by going the things that I thought were turn offs that I did on purpose were just turn ons <laughs> and you know and because I wanted them to turn on the right people and turn off the wrong people yeah and it did you know what I, I mean like it that. did it's just that it happened to turn on way more people than I thought and turn off less people because like in doing so not the puke but let's say admit it you know what I mean I want you know your grandma's gonna be listening to it and be like this is a pretty song and, and it's like ah. You know what I mean? But like, how often is that being played for grandmas? Not that often. It's mostly like, you know, people like punk dudes are like, that's, that's rad. You know, like, so I just embrace the whole, you know, cause, cause I look back at like the sex pistols and stuff. And when you look back at what punk was, you're like, You don't really think this is jarring this is annoying like that it hasn't been that for 40 years it's just that is the new um nice and fun and safe and happy is when you're like but inside you're like ah, here it is you know because it's like we're already pretty like desensitized like my first show was metallica so i'm like okay you know like how dark can it get that it's actually dark i'd have to be a dark person and i'm pretty like like a Disney character in certain
1: regards you know
0: what I mean yeah man and you know what I think always stuck with me with Chia Like I Shall Grow with the premise of like I'm listening to this music that's killer and with these lyrics on top of it that are really speaking to me thank you and you did discuss how like every man has a molly for example isn't actually about you but I felt like Chia Like I Shall Grow I was like that is more sincerely about me
1: yeah and,
0: and I yeah. can feel that when I listen to it
1: the star. Scar my ceiling. Whoa!
0: So that mm-hmm. to me it's, makes it well, more they special
3: they all have even molly has parts of me 100 totally. it's just like it's why like on all of our appropriate like there's so many things that when i was saying them while creating this character it was just me you know what i mean i was in a habit of snorting pills at the moment you know so i was like that's me doing that but in his case he'd snort some pills and then like go use a girl for sex or like go like do something really dark you know what i mean so like i feel like It's just what you do with those feelings, you know. Like in even in Chia, there's things where I'm like, I think that song was about this dude who I'm who I'm friends with, and and I was friends with at the time, and he was succeeding where I was failing, Um, and he was being a bit of a douche about it, and so I was like. All right, man, you know what? One day we'll be there too. Like, don't be so fucking cocky about it. Yeah. So that was a very real emotion. But in the song, I'm like setting his head on fire with my flamethrower mouth and, and all that stuff. But I didn't want him to die. I just wanted like me to be okay. So, so I think that that's the differentiating of like, it's almost like the anger thing we were talking about where it's like, you don't mean the things you say necessarily when you stub your toe, you know what I mean? But you need to right. be able to go fuck the world. Just get the fuck away. Like someone will go up to you And like, are you okay? And you're like, don't fucking talk to me. Like why, you know? Like there's no reason why we don't want to be talked to. But in that moment, you know, you need to be able to capture it. And that's what Say Anything is to me, is like you need, like I've needed it over the past few years, just to like play the songs on live streams and talk about it. Cause it's like, I've had this fucked up shit going on. So I'm like, okay, I now see why. Cause it had been a minute for me, as you can see, it's like falling in love is such a wonderful, transcendent feeling that it makes that period of your life very surreal when you're like, a dark character or like going through dark times and so like when they come back after it's even more surreal because you're like i'm still here i'm sitting with my kids and my wife and i am grateful and i am happy but i fucking despise the world right now why and i don't despise my kids i just hate everything outside this fucking room right now i want it to burn but then you're like no wait a second no i don't what the fuck was i thinking you know what i mean so
0: yeah dude what is no i know exactly what you mean i i don't (laughs)
3: It's just, it's normal human emotions man you know it's, to me it's normal hilarious. human
0: it's because the world is
3: fucked up it's just it's normal to get that mad because it really is it's not like hopeless, it's just really frustrating. And then frustration by its nature is kind of an irrational feeling. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, it's that thing, just think about it, like stubbing your toe and getting mad at the person who goes, are you okay? And they're like, don't ask me right now. Just wait till I'm better. See, like you, everyone has to coach the person on when to ask about the toe. But in reality, it's, it's just that you're in fucking physical pain. So when you're in yes. emotional pain,
0: I see it as like the same thing. You know? Well dude you see these flowers right here i got those because i was a fucking asshole because when i when I, up, when I fucked up thank you thank you i mean I, i've been around the block <laughs> but dude, yes, but i also, also was a fucking asshole and i was like i gotta do something because this woman that's I also, all that matters dude i also had a fever of 102 the same day did you have COVID? Uh, not, not covid i thought i did because someone at the bar i now work at did and it's like florida you know um no it oddly makes enough every though flu type thing miserable because you're like well,
1: i
3: could be dying <laughs> i've
0: i've tested multiple times now and like it's past the point no it's i had it recently and it's you just get that thought every 10
3: minutes well dude my last 10 minutes you're like
0: i got it a few months ago and it started off exactly the same someone at my work told me they got it so i'm like oh shit i think you got it it."
3: yeah I'm. you know what happened i bet i have had it i'll be honest because like i got the, the shot so i just like i just assume i'm like at this point there's nothing i could do about it Right. Except, like, stay away from people when I'm sick. And, you know, if I genuinely feel like I cannot breathe, go get tested and not die. That said, there's <laughs> been a couple times there where I have a really bad fever. And it's like, was that COVID? I just got like a real, like, easy case of it. I will never know. It's
0: possible, never right? Because
3: I, like, don't leave my house.
0: You know, it's like. I think what, what actually happened was, you know, the venue Janice Live in St. Pete's outdoor yes, patio. Yes, yeah, rat yeah. venue. I can walk from where yeah. I'm at. It's pretty sick, right? I saw Less than Jake there Friday night. It, Ooh. It was, it was poor. Amazing, Amazing yeah. dude. It was pouring rain the whole time. I was just skanking like in these dirty puddles, like a moron, That's like, right. like I'm a kid. That's right. But dude, I didn't go straight home, so I hung out at the bar for like two hours in these oh, soaking you're gonna wet clothes. From that, yeah, I got fucking
3: That's sick. That's from being near the bass player's dreads. You're going <laughs> home.
0: <laughs> but dude so now then I said he's a
3: genius and he probably oh, has a re- maybe the best voice in the day i will
0: say yeah i love roger's voice Agreed. they're so dude they're so good legends. i still I listen to them me. for sure legends dude like so that happened i got really sick and then i ruptured my ear at the peak of that my girlfriend's oh. just being this angel like just taking care of me when i fucked up my ear she would come over and be like baby do you need anything like talk and i'm like i can't hear you i can't hear you i can't baby yeah 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 Baby but That's inherent. She knows. I can't just remember that she knows that crankiness is inherent in what, taking care dude, of someone. Flip this you flip this shit. I'd be like, yo, I'm helping you right now don't give me any shit exactly, that's what i would do exactly
3: exactly <laughs> she's
0: an angel yeah and,
3: and she'd be like get the fuck she's like ah just be quiet like you'd be like it's all good like i know you're you're mad right now and that it's not me it's the ear like you have to think that she feels the same way you know what
0: i mean but it's, she, it's good that you got the flowers yeah the least i could do right i'm an asshole dude um,
3: i love you man I, i'm gonna run and take care of the fam this was what i thought it would be in better, and better it's a refreshing
0: fucking thing Thank yeah you. oh shit. sorry dude i didn't even mean to do that that was fucking Uh, weird can i ask one last question please please thank you so much for doing this i'm so glad you hit me up all right dude of course you've been through a lot i want you to plug stuff you've been through a lot Ooh. dude pitfalls to avoid like that you've learned over the years and like advice that you would give to you know max when he was 19 Mm. doing this shit like no, yeah, what you don't or, know or now. like
3: I tend to meet Max's who are now like 31. You know what I mean? Like those are the maxes now because they're like grew up with my band Hardcore and they're like, I would say like to anyone who's basically every decade up to this one has been really difficult for a different reason. And it's like, it's an evolution. And it's, I think it is really important to keep in perspective that it is an evolution. And as long as you stick with life, and stay alive, there will be a point where you look or or if you're having an anxiety attack or if you're in a breakup or if someone passes away, like you're gonna get to a point where you feel good and then there'll probably be a bunch of other terrible shit and then you're gonna feel good and then you're gonna feel bad and you're gonna feel good and the goods make it worth it, period, because then you die. So it's like you die and then there's no more bad times. For all we know, there's no, there's no good or bad times or there's just good times, who knows? The point is you're not going to be having the same book. It's very easy to feel like you're stuck in a cycle. Um, But the more you decide you're stuck in a cycle, uh, and I still do this, by the way. I would also emphasize that I do everything that I'm saying not to do it regularly. That's it's because like, you're gonna become stupid again and then get smarter and then become stupid and get smarter. And it's always a learning process, but it's important to remember that it is one. It's not necessarily doing well in each, it's to remember that, you know, you are gonna do well. It doesn't matter whether this last time you did well, it just means you literally are. As long as you don't die, but even if you do die, you're not doing bad, you're just dead. <laughs> that's that's what we're all afraid of right at the totally. end of the day we're just like but then i might die it's the end of everything i might get poor then i die i might you know get broken up with i'm gonna die alone then it's all this thing of being dead but then don't be afraid of death i guess is what i'm saying i know that's a really deep dark thing to say but it's not something to fear because like a it could be awesome who knows what existence is like post-death who knows, could be the, could be some kind of abstraction or an afterlife. But at the very worst, it's a lack of anything. And that's not anything to be afraid of because you're not sitting there going, ah, I'm so fucking not feeling anything right now. This is terrifying, what the fuck? Then you're feeling something, in which case you're alive. So it's like, there's no, to not exist, to cease to be is just like, why not enjoy while you're here? Why not do the best thing you can? Because life is long. It's pretty, it's short, but it's also long. And there's a lot of things to do if you stay alive until the next day. You're going to wake up and you're going to get annoyed and you're going to be happy. And annoyed and happy is just going to keep going. I'll well, think of all the happy moments. You know, it makes it worth it to me so yeah
0: i love that man i actually find that very refreshing and not dark at all um Thank you. dude you got some shit going on please talk about it
3: yeah i um just put out my solo record i guess you could say i mean you know it's it's always some weird even like it's funny because say anything often got referred to as a solo thing and it wasn't you know there was always other people involved making it better and same with this you know it but i i'm okay with it being called a solo record because i actually do less you know i produced it but i produced it with two other people Uh, with William and with Parker, who was in Say Anything, and we have a production team together. And I just kind of treated myself like Justin Timberlake And, you know, what he'll do is he'll roll up. He's like, who has a song? And like, you just will sing over it and write your lyrics and stuff. It's not like I didn't write my own lyrics, but at the same time, like I had fun kind of being a a pop star on it and like, it was fun. And, um, it's more me than say anything, you know, all these things that I said about say anything being a derivative or, or a certain side of me, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a really positive way to look at the negative side of you. It's how I look at say anything is you're looking at these negative experiences and you're turning them positive. But then sometimes it's the opposite. You know, you want to be proud or you want to have some, like, ego doesn't have to be negative. You know, in the sort of therapeutic sense, we need, like, an ego and a superego. Like, you need both. So I I mostly listen to hip-hop now. And I also really listen to a lot of rock music and stuff. It's not like I'm like, I only
1: listen to hip-hop now. But
3: I really do mostly listen to hip-hop because... There's a healthy balance to me of the ego and the superego. You've got a lot of songs, like Jay-Z is, my, is like one of my heroes. He's like my hero. Oh, but you've got so a, just as many songs that are like, I'm the king of the world. I'm going to fucking slap you around, motherfucker. <laughs> and then you've got, I'm a piece of shit. I cheated on Beyonce. I'm nothing. Jay-Z is dead. And it's like, I like that it runs the gamut a little bit more because you're able to brag. So there's like bragging on the record, but it's with a sense of humor and a humility to the brag. You know what I mean? Like to me, hip hop has, it's that you have to be as humble as possible, but then say the things about yourself that you feel when you feel really great. And um, so, so I wanted to help both me and the listener get through this time that is so dark and difficult at times. People are dying, people are you know, going broke um by just tapping into the more positive end of myself and that is who as you can see is more like what i am you know what i mean like i tend to to be a pretty positive guy though i am like dark inside it's mostly just like that i'm scared or i'm angry it's not that i want anything bad for anyone so really like you know it's more like a a piebald record or something where it's you know there's a there's a friendliness to it. Um, so so I'm really proud of that. And then I'm working on other stuff, production. And I would actually recommend anyone check out my comics. If you go to, um, there's something called Comixology for those of you who don't read comics yet. And it's like C-O-M-I-X-O-L-O-G-Y. And if you Google it, it's basically Amazon's comic storefront and it's like the iTunes of comics. So it's like the equivalent of going to Apple Music is going to Comixology. And if you just type in my name, you can see all the comics I've written and they're coming out now and there's more coming out. And um, I, I really appreciate all the stuff you said about the subject matter and like the themes of the stuff. And it's, I mean, that's me diving If people like my lyrics or kind of like the, the thematic stuff. I mean that there, you can really fully explore how that goes down. You know what I mean? Without, without trying to fit it into three minutes. Uh, or eight, as I sometimes do, um, you know, I, it's, it's it's very directly autobiographical stuff. And, you know, even the stuff that was written for Marvel Comics is very like Moon Knight. You know, that was a show a lot of people seem to have liked. I wrote Moon Knight. I would, check, I would check that out. Check out my Moon Knight comics. And if you like them, read the rest. Of them. I would say that for
0: sure. Love it, man. So Maximilian, the comics, uh, follow you on Instagram. And you've always been creative. Like you were the first one from the scene that I remember doing like the song shops back in the day. Like you've just always done like different. I'm
3: still doing stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah. I'm still doing like um, streams. You know what I mean? I I tend to do like full album streams. I think we've gone up to Anarchy, My Dear and next would be Hebrews. And the song shop thing is actually something that I'm going to start doing live. I will be talking about it on my Instagram a little bit but it's something where I want to basically make them way cheaper because they used to be like at their peak, I think 150 bucks for like a normal song. And the other ones were more expensive where it's like a full band and like five songs an EP. But now I think they're going to be 50 and you just have to show up and be there and you send me a description and then live I do it because those songs were always improvised. And so I'm going to be doing that live and hopefully doing an Instagram live of it at the same time. So if you catch me doing that, buy a song for 50 bucks and then we'll send you the actual song too. And it's going to be written about you and that'll be next week, I think. So, yeah.
0: That is so rad, dude. All right. So I'll put like all the info in the description of the episode. Please. Yeah. Uh, dude. And I'll
3: put you in touch with um, my manager Sean because he's awesome, and he like I technically manage myself, but he's like I would say he's my assistant, but he's too good. He's like you. He's like basically the man. You know what I mean? It's like
0: yeah, he's the dude. I can talk to you all day, man. Open invitation, anytime. Dude, same Always here. welcome. Text me
3: whenever, dude. Um, I love it.
0: I will just throw out there. I would love to one day just like literally go track by track any album, just break it down. I would love that. Uh, it, I would love that. Those are some of my most fun uh, podcast episodes to do. We should do one with Travis, like a like he a, would do that storytellers. I know he before. would do that. Um, I don't know why. Most beautiful plague is one of my favorite songs ever. Damn.
1: Or I will fill you with the emptiness inside Okay, alright. Baby You don't wanna say goodbye The night. And the stars are burning bright
0: No, no rhyme That's or so reason. Awesome, it's just a fuck. I feel like it's underrated. I was underrated. thinking of
3: doing a was a real boy like stream, or more so adding it as a like a because I haven't technically played those songs on one of these streams. But now it's funny. I'll only play Wow. I get sexual with my wife singing it.
1: If I die and go to hell real soon to me as this room and for eternity I'd lay in bed in my boxers half stone with a pillow under my head I'd be chatting on the interweb maggots prey upon the living dead I had no interest in the things she said on the phone every day all permanently in the hay I called her on the she touched herself, she touched herself, she touched herself, I caught her
3: like I could do every
1: other song
0: <laughs> I was driving over the overnight for the story so far a few months ago on that tour I was listening to Two Tongues, oh, self titled fucking love it. so there's a million things dude, I, like, still listen I would, to it. it's a fucking masterpiece too I
3: love listening to stuff where I'm less involved too but I'm involved it's great cuz I'm it's, like ooh I I can justifiably rock out to this cuz I didn't play that one part you know what I mean like I'm like
1: And my expression Would always make you smile Please don't touch my phone, book. My friends are getting pissed off You wake them in the morning Acting like a jerk-off
0: It was a show in Boston. You guys were on tour with Motion City, saves the day, and someone was sick. For some reason, Two Tongues came out and did some shit unplanned. Yeah. It was
3: yeah, it was yeah, fucking yeah. I, did, rad, I, I think it was I think it was the singer, I think it was Justin Motion from City Motion City was sick, and we played like nine inch nails and stuff, yes. right?
0: My jaw was on the floor. I was like, this is a special moment, right?
3: <laughs> oh yeah. I've had some yeah. real crazy ones like that. And the craziest one was I got sick, and it wasn't that far into our career, but I got sick on warp tour, and we had a different singer from every band do a different say anything song, and it was like Justin from Motion City. It was like the dude from like Norma Jean. Keith from Every Time I Die. It was like a really funny. The dude from the... it was James from The Bled did Wow, I Can Get Sexual too with Steven from in Berlin, like back and forth. It was amazing. that is
0: perfect for James. All right, dude, yeah. I've taken up a lot of your time. The brilliant Max oh, Bemis, you're a gentleman, a legend. I'm so thank happy I got to speak with you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. James.
3: And best of luck. Keep keep loving deeply. It's a thank beautiful. you. All right, bye.
1: Well, let me tell you this. I am shamelessly self-involved. I spend hours in front of the mirror, making my hair elegantly disheveled. I worry about how this album will sell, because I believe it will determine the amount of sex I will have in the future. I self-medicate with drugs and alcohol to treat my extreme social you anxiety. You are a thinker.
0: Let's wrap this one up, baby.
2: Come on. Come on. Natalie. Dana.
0: There it is, Max Bemis. Say anything. Follow him on the socials. Everything he's got going on is linked up in the description of this podcast episode. Also, if this is your first time checking out the Two Week Notice podcast, thank you so much. Means the world to me. If you dig it, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode in the future. Got some killer guests. Tomorrow, I'm talking to Travis of Coheedon Cambria and L.S. Dunes. And that's just one of many exciting guests we have coming up in the future. I can't give away all the surprises. It's gotta keep a little uh, keep a few tricks up my sleeve. Come out, right?
2: That's right, Dana.
0: You just gotta hit that subscribe button, turn them notifications on, and if you really wanna support the show, go back and check that backlog. I've had some killer guests in the past. And if you really, really wanna help out and you have an iPhone in particular, go to the podcasts app. It's a little purple square, it's called podcasts all right? Type in my show, Two Week Notes Podcast. Scroll all the way down. Give me a five-star written review. If you don't have an iPhone, that's okay. Go to Spotify. Hit me with five stars there. Tell a friend. Follow me on the socials. Whatever. Just support the show. It really, it's like everything to me.
2: It really is. You work so hard. Ah! <laughs> Anyway, let's not get corny.
0: Max Bemis... Dude, I love you, man. Natalie, for those who are still here right now listening and they've never listened before today, what episode should they go and check out next?
2: Ah, Nathan Hardy.
0: Nathan Hardy of Microwave?
2: Oh my God, yeah. I love that one.
0: You know what? That's a great pick. And that is actually, I don't know if I've ever said this publicly, that is the most downloaded episode I've, I've ever had.
2: It's so good.
0: I've had Chris Caraba of Dashboard Confessional. I've had Cyrus from Newfound Glory. I've had, you know, other, just so many legends. Nathan Hardy, Kid, Microwave. And you know what? That makes my heart really happy because that band, just go listen to Microwave. Forget my podcast. Go listen to Microwave. <laughs> And listen to Max Bemis' music. Support this man. I love him. All right, let's sign off. Until next time, I love you all. Come here.
1: To those separate work camps, I'll dream about you. I will not doubt you with the passing of time.